Welcome, everybody, to the latest Five Thoughts podcast, the uh, brainchild of Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter, who uh, this was a blog, and it was so big, so good, that we had to turn it into a podcast. And today's Five Thoughts, Derek, are the five things that have us excited about the baseball season. This is sort of the brainchild of Matthew Collar, who is actually... As we record this in his studio doing uh, Score North Live with Matthew Collar, and he's bringing every Score North personality in and asking them what they love about baseball. So we thought in that same vein, and if uh, you want to hear that, it's up at scorenorth.com or wherever you download podcasts, just search Score North Live. In that vein, Derek, we thought we'd give five reasons that we love baseball and are looking forward to the upcoming 2019 baseball season. You ready to go, Derek? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have to save the episode of your five favorite smells from the ballpark. That'll be a little <laughs> bit later, later into the season. We'll hold on to that one. We'll keep that in the back pocket. That's one of those, uh, an industry term, evergreen topics, Derek. You know what? That's probably got to be all-star break material. That's so we can take a week <laughs> off in July. Right, exactly. All right, so you want to go first or you want me to lead this thing off? Who do you, who do you, how do you want to start this thing off, Derek? I'll, I'll jump in and say I think you might agree with this one, Rami, we, although I've heard you talk about it before, so maybe not. My favorite day of the baseball season, let's exclude postseason because that's it can be a great postseason, it can be a dud, but every single year my favorite day of the baseball season and thought number one for this podcast, day two. The second game of the season for any team is my favorite because opening day is fun and you get the circus and you get a bunch of people who aren't baseball fans talking about baseball. If you come to the park on day two, mm -hmm. you are a baseball fan and you are there for the long haul. So I enjoy that crowd of people. I enjoy that time of year. That's a that's a veteran baseball fan talking right there. Like you said, opening day. Opening day is like the New Year's Eve of the baseball world. It's amateur hour. That's when that's when everybody is out to party and and actually kind of getting in the way of enjoying the baseball game. <laughs> yes, yes. So again. I'm 100% with you there, Derek. My the number one thing that that uh that that has me looking forward to the baseball season is that with the baseball season usually comes some decent weather. Uh, <laughs> maybe not as early in the baseball season in the Twin Cities as as in some other locations, but there is nice weather around the corner. And I don't want to harp on it too much, Derek. But I've 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 just had enough of this, man. I'm just <laughs> I'm beaten down. I'm demoralized. Like the, you win, Winter. Okay, you win, Mother right. Nature. I submit. I'm tapping out. I need to see the sun. I need to see like great green grass. So I'm just looking forward to nice weather. That's that's yeah. the number one thing that has me looking forward to the baseball season. Number two for me. Kind of goes along with uh, with your number one, which is I'm just excited to get to know Target Field from everything that I hear. And we had an event there, Derek, uh, for the the staff and, and some of the people over at the Minnesota Twins and our advertisers over at Target Field. So I already kind of got a sneak peek of it and just walking through it. It feels like a great place to watch baseball. I plan on spending many sunny afternoons out there at Target Field with a beer. Don't worry, my shirt will be on. But plan on spending many sunny afternoons out there at Target Field and just, just my, my inaugural season and getting to know what looks like a great place to watch baseball. And everything that you've told me and Mackie has told me is that it is almost a perfect place to watch a baseball game. Yes, and I know you love Miller Park. I've been to only a handful of games at Miller Park. I would I would say Target Field is at least 50% better as a ballpark than 
Miller Park. And that's not even just to like crap on our neighbors to the east. I'm just saying going to a like July 1st game, 81 degrees, maybe there's one puffy cloud in the sky. And that part of it is just something that I really very much look forward to. I got a little glimpse of that when I was in Fort Myers, but now I'm back. I actually had to come in from shoveling to uh, record this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for giving me an excuse to warm up my fingers again. But yes, picturing that July day at Target Field is uh, is awesome. I will say that event that you and I were both present at, sort of the, the pre-launch party of yeah. Score North, this, this now not-so-new venture, but at that time it was yet to be even launched to the public. Target Field was covered in a blanket of snow, and when we went out to take the picture to like, hey, remember this when, so that we can look back on it in five years for like the pre-launch of Score North, we're all like huddled up and our shoulders are hunched. Please quick, take this picture so we can get back inside to the warmth. I got to tell you, in the summer, Target Field is nothing like that. We might have to put up with a couple days like that at the end of March and early April, but for the overwhelming majority of the six-month season, you're going to love it out there. And if there's postseason baseball, the weather might be something that we have to contend with. Well, it'd be a good uh, problem, I think, for the Twins to have. Absolutely. I'll say quickly, my uh, second thought, as long as we're just rattling through them, is like the summer routine. It's that, that uh, yeah, you got your you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five, but like the summer routine of baseball is just so uplifting to me. For me, that nine to five includes a large amount of baseball. So that's even better. But there's this, there's this pace that doesn't exist in the winter. Mm -hmm. That's like, you're looking forward in the winter. Maybe you're, maybe you're planning a vacation or maybe you're just enjoying some outdoor winter activities. I I love winter. Um, it goes on too long, but I love it. Um, (laughs) In the summer, it's just this different pace, and it's this, you show up at the ballpark on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, in my case, and then get up Saturday morning, perfectly fine, go into the ballpark again, you're working another eight, nine, ten hour day, but it is this, like, it is, the rhythm of the baseball season, I guess, is my second thought of what I'm looking forward to for summer. That's kind of along the lines. It wasn't number three on my list, but I'll bump it up to number three on the list just for continuity's sake, Derek, which is a little a little peek into my life. My, my schedule here at Score North, most Fridays, the only things that I that I the only obligations that I have are this show right here, which we can kind of work around your schedule and my schedule and record it when it's convenient for us, but then I have Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4 o'clock every day on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Um, so for me, I had daytime baseball down on my on my things that I'm looking forward to because every Friday, my Chicago Cubs usually have a matinee game, especially if they're at home, and it's almost always on MLB Network. And in the past, at my, at my previous stop in my radio life, I was always working when uh, when the Cubs would have those day games. And we had TVs up in the studio, so I'm sitting there trying to contain myself, whether something good or something bad is happening, because nobody in Milwaukee wants to hear my rantings and ravings about a live Cubs game. That's not, that's not going to make good radio. So for me, daytime baseball, and especially my Friday afternoons, where I'll, I'll get to sort of stay home a little, a little bit late and, and, and watch most of the Cubs games before... I get in here and 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 start the workday. So I'm I'm looking to fr- daytime baseball Friday afternoon daytime baseball especially is number three on my list. 
That's epic. I, I like it a lot. Um, I'll move this one up on my list, too, in the spirit of things. I am looking forward to the talk of baseball. Yes. Shifting back to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk so much, and it's almost all negative, it seems. I'm not just talking Twin Cities. Like, the landscape of baseball, all of the talk, correct me if I'm wrong, Rami, but it's like, games are too long. Games are too boring. This is bad. This is not a good part. Kids don't like baseball. Are the owners corrupt and anti-competitive? It's like, okay, some of those things are true, and it hurts me as a baseball fan. But it's overwhelming how much the public narrative, anyways, is how baseball is bad and dying. And I'm just excited for it to get back to, whoa, did you catch that Dodgers game last night? Uh, Walker Bueller went eight strong in whatever you know there was a walk-off cody bellinger went yard it's like that that is what at least a good percentage of the baseball conversation should be i I love that we talk about this like atlantic league and some of the trial balloons that they're floating the mound height and things like that that are they're fun to talk about don't get me wrong but oftentimes it does distract us from actually talking about what's going on on the field and i for one i guess i just like it when there's still a good percentage of the talk that is that because that's why we follow baseball. That's what we got into it for anyways. Right. No, I'm 100% with you there. It wasn't on my list, but that's a great one. Baseball talk, getting back to baseball. Number four on my list is for for all the talk of, of tanking in Major League Baseball, and that's largely what, what the players' union is blaming a, a slow free agent market on. I don't know about you, Derek, but I, I look around baseball, and there has been a lot of tanking in recent years, but... More than in recent years, I see I see competition around the league when you go division by division around this league and more teams trying to compete and trying to win than we've seen in a few years. I know there's Yankee Red Sox fatigue among many baseball fans because of how much attention they get from ESPN and, and most media outlets. But I personally, as a baseball fan, those are two titans of baseball teams and rosters that they've put together in New York and Boston. And I'm personally going to enjoy watching those two baseball teams just as just as a baseball fan. I, I know it's the Yankees. I know it's the Red Sox. I know the labels and and everything that comes with that. But I think that's going to be a great battle to watch out there in the AL East in the AL West. I think it's it's a little bit more competitive than we've seen in recent years. We've seen the A's sort of take some steps in the last few years. The Mariners take some steps in the last few years. So I think that division is pretty competitive. I think that the Twins will make some noise in the AL Central. I know we've talked about this before, Derek, and you feel like they're still a little ways away behind the Indians. I you and I disagree on that to some degree. I think that they're they're pretty close to the Indians and if some things break the right way for the for for excuse me for the twins that this could be a very competitive division in the in the National League. You saw the Brewers step up and and take the division from the Cubs last year. The NL East is insanely competitive with Bryce Harper going to the Phillies and you got the Braves who did what they did last year. The Mets have bounce back potential the NL West is probably the Dodgers, but Padres add uh, add Machado to that roster. I think it's it's more competitive, and we're seeing closer divisions and more teams trying to win than we've seen in a few years around Major League Baseball with all the rebuilding that's been going on. Yeah, I like well your point on Dodge or um, sorry Yankees Red Sox. Like if you're tired of Yankees Red Sox, I got bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fans. Those names are going to be around for a while. The young cores that they've put together uh, centered on Mookie Betts for, in Boston, and then just a just an absurd 
lineup and Luis Severino at the top of the Yankees rotation. They, those teams are going to be good for a while, and both of them might win 100 games this summer, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess it's weird because I don't like the fact that you don't have to try if you're not a World Series team. Like there should be some sort of carrot on a stick for a team like the Twins to right. to go add that one final piece, like go get Craig King. And there should be this uh, incentive for um, a team like the White Sox. Hey, speed up your rebuild. Let's go. Hey, if you're the Kansas City Royals, that's fine. Strip your roster, play AAA. Sal Perez is going to have Tommy John, so you've got like a couple major league regulars. That's not fun for the fans, but... That happens in every sport. You're going to see a team that's at the bottom just drop the bottom out, get, go get the number one pick, and like move on. There's this, I guess, anti-competitive nature that bothers me a little bit, but you see the same problem in football. Right. I'm just curious how baseball fixes it, I guess, long term. Because in football, you don't want to be 7-9. and nine. You, don't, you don't even really want to be 9-7. and seven. You want to be a team that wins 12 games and is a Super Bowl contender with a stud quarterback, or you want to go... 2-14 and 14 and get next year's stud quarterback. Those are the two options in the NFL. In baseball, I guess I wish that there was uh, a little bit more reward for being like a good team that won't win 110 games. Because right now it feels to me like the aim is to win 110 games. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a really interesting one because I do think there's a lot of competition in the National League. But I look at the American League and I say – uh, each division, I I think I have a favorite, or in the case of the East, I've got two favorites, and then they're just not a ton of teams that I see winning ninety plus games this summer. So yeah, I mean, you have you have your teams, have, have you, especially in the American League. You have and it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. You have your teams that sort of stand out from the rest, but within each division, I think we're going to have some really really tight races that'll go down to the end. And I I always enjoy that when it's it's late September and and you have you know, five or six teams in, in each league that have a legit chance or are fighting for a, a playoff spot of some sort. Yeah. Was that, uh, I'm trying to keep track here mentally. Was that thought number four, Rami? That was number four. Yes. Yes, okay. it was. So I got to give you my number four. And it's the first twin-centric one on either of our lists. My, my fifth is maybe my favorite, so I'm going to save that for last. But okay. I am looking forward in the 2019 baseball season to having – uh, I will say resolution, but that's probably not even the right word. Um, evolution, the next step in what in the world is going to happen with Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano. Uh, there's a bunch of other names that you could throw in this and say, I'm curious to see what Jonathan Scope is, and will Burrios take the next step, and blah, blah, blah. That's cool. That's all fun, and I enjoy that part of it. It's why I still cover baseball after doing it full-time for like five years now, whatever. It's endlessly interesting to me, but within that pool of being interesting, I am fascinated to know how the career arc will evolve for those two guys in particular. And I think 2019 will give us a lot of clues one way or the other on both of them. If they succeed, if they fail, we'll have a much better understanding of that six months from now. So we get to sort of learn that in real time throughout the summer, and that's pretty exciting. And I think those two guys, n not that they're the only thing that this hinges on, but I really believe, Derek, that those two guys play a big factor in terms of the course that Levine and Falvey are going to take moving forward here. And I think that this is the year that they they 
they have to decide if if Buxton and Sano are cornerstones of this organization or if they need to move on from from those guys altogether or just from that thought and 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 lower the bar for what they're expecting from them moving forward but if they don't step up and and show at least the potential and and that next step towards being a cornerstone of of the Twins franchise it maybe sets things back in terms of two or three years when they really look at at competing and chasing down the Indians and making some noise. Yeah, and that's why I say those two guys stand head and shoulders above the rest because like if Jonathan Scope is awesome this year, okay, well then we can have a conversation about contract extension. Is that something they should look at? Or if if the Twins are out of it and he's awesome, are you willing to flip him at the deadline? Or is that a bad look bringing in a guy in a one-year and then flipping him three months later, does does that harm you in future free agent negotiations? Blah blah. blah. Those are fun conversations to have, definitely. But he doesn't alter the course of the franchise. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he can have a great first half, or he can have a great whole season, and he could even lift the Twins into the postseason. But it doesn't feel as critical. It doesn't feel as consequential as if Buxton. Uh, maybe, well, let's take the negative first. If Buxton like flames out and he's a fourth outfielder because he's got great defense and he's a good teammate, but he can't hit, well, that can kind of change the course of things. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you got to figure out center field and who are you pinning your hopes on as sort of that face of the franchise. Counterpoint, if he's awesome this year and he's like a six, seven, eight win player, if you're a dreamer, well, that gets really interesting and now you're right, Rami. We're talking about the Twins as a potential postseason team as early as this year. So to me, it's just so much more consequential than the two guys we're talking about. Um, with that being said, too, I could see a scenario in which they both flame out and the Twins still view themselves as competitive as early as 2020. All It'd right. just take a different course. It'd have to look different, but it look different than we're currently expecting it to look. But I think the rest of the stuff that is sort of bubbling up beneath the surface under Thad Levine and Derek Falvey uh, I would still say is encouraging even without those two studs. Number five on your list of things that have you looking forward to the baseball season, Derek Falvey. Uh, this is Derek Wetmore, actually. Derek I'm sorry. Wetmore. If I'm late. sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully our listeners weren't like, they didn't get a tease that this was actually the Twins' chief baseball officer. I mean, you could just There's pretend just to be him. I'd have to, I'd have to work on the impression. It's, I would, it's not, it's not solid yet. There are okay. some early moldings. It's a ball of clay, but I got to work on it. All right. Well, Derek Number Wetmore five. then. <laughs> Sorry to do that. <laughs> Just me. I like to make myself laugh, as I know you do too. Yes. Uh, so number five on my list, Rami, and this is an early invitation. We're recording this on March 8th. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to assume our relationship doesn't sour over the next couple of months, and mm -hmm. I'm going to invite you to a baseball game in Lower Town, St. Paul, CHS Field to watch the St. Paul Saints play a baseball game. If you and the gal want to come out this summer, we always make a point of going out at least once. And it's one of the things of summer that I look forward to probably the most in the dead of winter is going out to a, uh, I almost said minor league, but it's, it's not minor league. It's like independent baseball where I can go to a baseball game. I can experience the atmosphere and I don't, feel like I'm hanging on every pitch to know if Kyle Gibson's slider is working tonight. I can just go and be with baseball people and enjoy uh, uh, a nice baseball game, hopefully on a perfect weather night. So 
Thought number five for me is Saints games at CHS Field. And you don't have to answer on the podcast. I don't want to put like public pressure on you or anything. But if you would like to go to one of those baseball games with me, Rami, we'd love to have you this summer. Here, a few questions for you. Um, there will be sunshine. <laughs> there will be sunshine, right? There will be sunshine. There is basically always sunshine. Okay. You know what you can do? This is, gosh, this sounds like I'm such a shill for this now. I, <laughs> there's, there is no business relationship or connection here for what I'm about to say. But there is a number of like bars and restaurants around that we can go find a patio for happy hour okay. as the sun sets. But yes, there will be sunshine okay. during the day, and then it will be warm at night as you go to watch the game. So there will be sun, grass, beer, uh, some sort of sausage, I'm assuming, will be available, and baseball, right? All those things are, are involved in what you're talking about here? Yeah, I think if I remember correctly from last summer, now maybe they've done away with this based on news events, but mm-hmm. there was a there was a sausage or a, like a hot dog situation, uh, like a spicy kielbasa maybe, Ooh. named after uh, Garrison Keeler, and they're clever at the Saints. I, they named it Garrison Squealer. <laughs> and so I thought you might appreciate that, and I can confirm there is a sausage hot dog situation. Okay, if all those things are involved, I'm there. Uh, just give me the date, and I am there, Derek Wetmore. You almost made me change number five. You almost made me change number five. <laughs> I, well, first all, I, I didn't know it was going to be a conditional like acceptance, but I'm glad that the conditions are not too hard to meet. You almost made me change number five to ballpark food. Man, I love ballpark food. Oh, do, you, okay. do you follow? Um, oh, man. Now we're going to get sidetracked and I can't think of her name right now. She's a great follow on Twitter. Carrie something. I should give her her credit. I'm going to try and look it up while we're t- while I'm explaining to you. What she does, she just, she has the greatest job in the world. She just goes from place to place reviewing ballpark food. Derek Wetmore, that's her job. That is that is her job, and it is some of the pictures and some of the stuff on her Twitter feed. Man, I cannot find it now. But it well, is. what is your favorite ballpark food? And maybe answering that, is it uh, Carrie Steele? Carrie Steele, thank you. Yeah. It is Carrie yeah, Steele. Welcome. Um, I have never heard of this, but I'm going to give it a follow right now as we speak. Uh-huh. And uh, I will ask you, because like I'm not a huge ballpark food guy. I go and I like, this is fine, and I will eat at the ballpark because it's part of the experience. But it's not what I go for. So I'm curious to know, whether it's Miller Park or anywhere else, what is your like the 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 gold standard of ballpark food for you? At Sloan Park in Arizona, where the Cubs play spring training, they had, I, man, I can't even remember what it was. I just remember I had a sandwich at that park. It, I think it was it was some sort of steak sandwich. And that's the thing okay. about ballpark food now, Derek, is that it's evolved. It's not it's not uh, peanuts and cracker jacks. And actually, a lot of places are banning peanuts and cracker jacks because of nut allergies that have become so prevalent, but I digress. Um, it's not just hot dogs or, or bratwurst. If you're in Milwaukee, like there is, if you know, and, and my girlfriend is real good at, 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 at researching and going down wormholes and finding this stuff. Almost every ballpark now has some kind of concession stand that's offering something, something special that you don't expect to find at a ballpark concession stand. It's, it's almost become like a gourmet experience in some ways, but dumbed down for the 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 average sports fan who's got to carry this thing around with a beer in the other hand. It's it, ballpark food has really really evolved and stepped up their game. Yeah, I guess you'll like Target Field. There are a number of things, and it seems like they do something one or two new things 
uh, every summer. In fact, I think there's like a there's a tasting coming up. Rami, I'm gonna when we get off this podcast, I'm gonna look up the details I'm and there. see if I can get you in for that. It's at Target Field, and uh, I think some of it might be outdoors. So like, cross your fingers that it's not canceled this year. But that is something they do uh, each year. There's like a media presentation. Oh, so yes. and listen, they have figured out their crowd. The twins are smart enough to know that if you give journalists a bunch of free food, we are going to spend the rest of the weekend bragging about it and mm-hmm. putting pictures on social media and telling people how awesome it is. It is uh it's a really good trade for the twins and from a media perspective, it's a total like it's it's sort of an embarrassing shill game that we're all playing, but we all willfully play it every single year and say like Ballpark food day at Target Field. Here it is. Can't wait. I'm not embarrassed uh, at all. I I have no no shame. Embarrassing for those of us who are supposed to be not objective, and I'd say in the entertainment medium that you and I share. Yeah. Absolutely nothing is off limits with that. No, I have no shame whatsoever. And and I'm the guy for that assignment. Like, we got you covering the Twins, Derek Wetmore. We have Danny Cunningham on the Wolves. <laughs> Matthew Collar, he covers the Vikings like a blanket. You can find all that at scorenorth.com. Any food assignments, I'm, I'm the guy for Score North, okay? I'm the dude. I'm the one you want to send out. You need me on that wall, Derek Wetmore. Um, number five for me, though, my official number five. We just spent five minutes talking about ballpark food. We could have just made that my number five. But my actual number five is, and you could probably guess this, it's Williams Astadio, Derek Wetmore. I can't wait to watch yeah. this guy play baseball over the course of spring, summer, and hopefully fall. I just, I'm highly entertained by him out there on the baseball field. Yesterday they had the uh, all access, and it was mostly Red Sox, but they spent a couple of minutes with uh, Williams Astadio and and his translator, and they asked him about a ball that he stole over the over the wall in the Venezuelan league this offseason. He said, "Yeah, it looked like Kobe Bryant." <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, he's just a personality. Like- he does things that a guy with that build, and I'm a guy with that build as well, so I don't say that in a demeaning way whatsoever any more than I demean myself, but he does things that a guy with that build probably should not be doing from an athletic standpoint. They put him all over the field. He's got the hair flowing. I just can't wait to watch this guy play baseball and have him entertain me. I am hoping, Rami, that you won't have to do that at AAA Rochester because trips to Western New York are not inexpensive, but I don't think you will. I just think from the the three and a half weeks that I spent in Fort Myers, um, no one's written in pen outside of a, you know, select few and certainly on the position player side of things. uh, It it seems to be fairly well divvied out, but you've got question marks in a couple of spots and, and on the bench and he would be one of them. My my just my sense is, Rami, my hunch is that he's got sort of an inside track to make the club. I think they want to bring him north. It's going to be a matter of fit. And I think if they do, they'll be rewarded for that. So so don't I'm not trying to get your like alarms up or anything like that. But if uh, if they send him to the minor leagues, he will be up at some point in the summer. But hopefully they don't have to go through that whole rigmarole. And he just starts the year on the team. Number five for you, Derek Wetmore. Uh, number five for me was, uh, I think it was CHS Field. Was that five? Oh, yeah, it was. I'm, you're right. I'm an idiot. I gave five. You have, well, you're not. Uh, <laughs> you're, a, you're a nice guy with great intentions. Um, <laughs> but I actually had a something I had to read from you off Twitter. So um, I looked up that food Twitter blog that yes. you were talking about. Yes. Um, so it's at Carrie Van Horn, K-A-R-I yes. Van Horn, you. if you want to look it up. 
Carrie Steele is her name or Kari. Yeah, she got she got married. And so she used yeah. to be Carrie Van Horn. She kept she smartly kept the handle so she didn't have to lose the blue check mark or go through whatever process you have to go through with that. Uh, yeah, so yep. she got married and uh, changed her name but kept the handle at Carrie Van Horn. And again, if you're a foodie, if or especially if you're if you're infatuated with ballpark food like I am. Uh, give her a follow, and we should maybe get her on as a guest at some point on, on one of so, our baseball podcasts. Yes. So fun, especially a five thoughts, uh, maybe sometime throughout the summer, the five best foods throughout the country. And I can't give her like a, a glowing recommendation. I This is the first time I've come across her on the interweb, but I will say if you're looking for an excuse to follow her <laughs> with <laughs> Within her Twitter profile, and this is this is the most ringing endorsement I can I can find. Besides, like all her photos being food and ballpark fair and stuff that looks really amazing and it's wants food porn. Makes me want, yeah, it really makes me want to go have a second lunch, and I'm <laughs> quietly contemplating that as we wrap up this episode of Five Thoughts. In her Twitter bio, this is the best recommendation I can give. She says, and Rami, you'll you'll appreciate this. It took a second for it to sink in on me, so I'll give you a second. She says, uh, you know, ABC 15, digital video beat journalist, sports are my passion, ballpark food, Sherpa, blah, blah, blah. And then she says at the end, a steak pun is a rare medium well done. I applaud that. I applaud that pun. I applaud a pun that plays on puns. And that That is is so strong. That I just I insta followed. Yeah, that that has many many levels to it. We're gonna have to get Carrie Steele on the show uh, at some point uh, for five thoughts or a touch them all. One of our one of our baseball incarnations, and we have many many baseball and twins shows at scorenorth.com for you to check out. And we have an exciting addition and announcement about our twins uh, lining a uh, lineup of programming coming up very very soon. So stay tuned for that and search Score North Twins wherever you download podcast or just download the Score North app available for Apple and Android. Give us a five-star rating. The more you listen, the better chance you have of winning things. This has been Five Thoughts. Find Derek Wetmore's thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com as well. Derek, I've uh, really enjoyed it, man. Now I now I need baseball to arrive and the nice weather to arrive that much sooner, man. Can't wait for the next one. And I need a second lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk again soon, Derek. Later, man. All right, Rami. See ya.